And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello. Welcome back to Full Time with Meg Linehan. You are listening to a show all about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Meg, your host, and I'm a national staff writer at The Athletic, covering the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team. Portland Thorns FC have their first trophy of 2021 out of a possible four, and defender Kelly Hubley is here to talk about all things Portland Challenge Cup. The rest of the year, maybe that time that we turned a championship media day into some pickup basketball. You never know. And hey, the NWSL regular season kicks off this weekend, and I'm planning on heading out to Red Bull Arena for the first time this spring and summer, plus the Champions League final between Chelsea and Barcelona is set for Sunday. It's just nonstop women's soccer as always, so let's get right into it. But first, as always, before we get started, your reminder that you can support this podcast and also get all of the NWSL and U.S. Women's National Team coverage at The Athletic. Support all of our work, (laughs) plus everything else that we have to offer on the site and app by signing up for a new subscription at theathletic.com slash full time right now when you visit theathletic.com slash full time you can start your new subscription for $3.99 a month now the pace of news uh, on Wednesday alone was truly absurd so this is going to be a, a slightly desperate attempt to round up most of it but also I make no guarantees that the news also just doesn't keep happening after this podcast is recorded and done and because apparently Wednesday May 12th is release all of the NWSL news ever day Let's start with some coaching news on both sides of the Atlantic. So first, Casey Sony stepped down from Manchester United on short notice, and then I reported that she has been linked to the head coaching gig at the 2022 NWSL expansion team expected to move to San Diego with Jill Ellis leading the hire. A source said that these talks are in the final stages. By the afternoon, sources had also confirmed that Mark Parsons is planning to take the Netherlands coaching job with the team informed on Wednesday morning. Nothing is signed yet. He's definitely staying through the 2021 season on the Thorns. Again, waiting on final announcement here as well. Jeff Kasuf and Dan Laletta of The Equalizer reported that Rose Lavelle is headed back to the States. No real surprise here, and will play for O.L. Reign. The team also announced the loan of Eugenie Le Simmer on Wednesday as well. The NWSL Challenge Cup scored 534,000 viewers on CBS last weekend as Portland outlasted Gotham FC through penalty kicks. Obviously, we'll be talking about this game during the show. Defender Kelly Hubley earned a lot of minutes in this 2021 Challenge Cup with the Thorns, starting off the year with a pretty dominant performance and setting the scene ahead of the regular season, which kicks off this weekend. She's ready to talk all things Thorns, so let's just get right on into it. All right, Kelly, I wanted to to take you back because I think the first time we ever met in person was at an NWSL Championship Media Day, which was in Portland on the Nike campus. 
And I wanted to just reminisce for a minute about turning this media day into a pickup basketball game. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how it got there. I think all of a sudden we were like, let's just go play basketball. I think a lot of us were just like standing around and sometimes like media days can always be hard and stressful. So I just remember us all going and like trying to play basketball together. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just like we had already realized like, you know, that was back when I was still working for the league. So we had already kind of like looked around the corner and gone, oh, there's a full basketball court here. Oh, there's yeah. a full setup of basketballs here. Yes. Oh, this is bad to know. <laughs> yes. It was like full on like, are we all seeing this? Like, <laughs> let's go. And it ended up turning like everyone on our team started playing basketball. Playing like three v three, we were playing. Um, oh, what's the one game called? Horse. Just, yeah, horse. Yeah. And then there's one where you like each oh, knockout. Right? Yeah, knockout. And we are. It was so funny. And everyone's like, I feel like we're supposed to be doing media, but we also are having way more fun playing basketball. That's when you guys had like the goggles. Yeah, I had the wear. Snapchat glasses. Yes, yeah. and we were wearing those. That was so funny. Yeah, it was just. It was definitely. For me, as a as a point where I was still doing like league content, so for me, I was just like, honestly, this is golden. Like, this is yes. way more enjoyable. Yes. So we might as well just embrace it. But I'm yeah. I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, in terms of media experiences, like I can understand when it's like sometimes it's a little more serious. Sometimes it's a little more like, okay, we have to we have to do this. We have to talk to the media. Yeah. But like. It has to be kind of fun when it's just like all of a sudden a basketball game breaks <laughs> yes, out in the middle of it. So much more fun than I think it was in the beginning. And I think it like hyped everyone up then to be like doing all the other stuff like the gift station and everything. So and yeah. it was really fun. Yeah. All right. So let's talk 2021. Obviously, that was that was God 2018. I'm already blank. It must have been 2018. It all mushes together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know. <laughs> What is time anymore? We're still uh, in a pandemic. Like I don't even know what day of the week it is. So <laughs> <laughs> let's start with Challenge Cup, though. Obviously, you know you played a lot of minutes just in terms of of this tournament, and just like in terms of 2020 Challenge Cup, felt a little bit different, right? Because you're in the bubble, mm -hmm. but this one is in. You know, like you're actually able to play the final in Portland. Fans are in the stands, right? So just in terms of like overall takeaways from the 2021 challenge cup like did you like it as a tournament starting off the preseason or you know technically regular season with it um yeah i actually really liked it i actually didn't feel like a preseason tournament to i think a lot of us because usually in portland we do a preseason type tournament with other teams and this didn't feel like that at all i think like traveling also to other places and having an actual final um, definitely felt very different than anything we've done in the past. And I think we all really liked it. Um, you really had to start fresh and like really get after it, which usually preseason, it takes a little longer to get going. But I think the two month preseason, like fired us up to be ready for this tournament. Like we were all like waiting and waiting for games because like preseason, we were so tired of scrimmaging each other. So, <laughs> um, I, I really liked it. I know our team really liked it. I think it was really beneficial for us to get going and, you know, like kind of like set a tone for how we are going to be this year. So 
it was really cool. It was really fun, really awesome that we got to have the final with fans in Portland because I know they're going back and forth if we were allowed fans. And I know a lot of us were getting really upset because we're like, it's outside. How can you do this to us? And talks of trying to change it to like somewhere on the East Coast. And we're like, no, like we earned this game. So the yeah. fact that we got to play it here and like in front of our fans was like really special. Yeah, I definitely spent a day trying to figure out like, is where is this game going to be held? Yes. Because there were kind of conversations up until the last minute of like, okay, are fans going to be allowed? You know, Lisa Barrett is out here writing to the yeah. governor of Oregon <laughs> yeah. and, and saying like, like hello. I'm going to start messaging her. Like, <laughs> I'll find where she lives. I'm like, you can't do this to us. I <laughs> <laughs> just, in terms of, you know, the the actual tournament format, though, like, obviously, this is kind of like a new development for the league. We've we've always kind of lived in this. You have the regular season, you have the NWSL shield, you have the championship, right? You have two semifinals championship. Mm -hmm. So do you like having this additional format in the mix as well? Um, I do because tournament games, it's so much more cutthroat than regular season and you only get like towards the end and then it's cutthroat. So to throw another type of tournament in there that isn't maybe as huge as winning the whole, you know, league. Um, but it also like makes you fight for things that I feel like in a regular season, you can kind of get away with not winning every game, but in the challenge cup, like we couldn't get away with not winning every game. Um, so I really enjoyed it because it had higher stakes, I think. Um, and it really pushed us to like prove that we are going to be a good team this year and that team should be scared to play us. So I really liked it. Um, I think it's good to have those types of games in your season, um, to make you scared to lose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely get that. Just in terms of you know, played a lot of minutes as a center back. And I was hoping to talk to you just in terms of obviously back four and then AD coming back. And I, I was really mm -hmm. hoping to start with AD because, you know, Mark Parsons after the game was just kind of like, AD has had five great games and doesn't really get talked about. Yeah. And, you know, Challenge Cup last summer, we obviously saw a couple different goalkeepers. AD wasn't able to play. And I'm just kind of curious, just from your point of view of having her behind you, what changes when it's when it's 80 French behind you? You know, her presence is like a huge thing. Um, I think all of our goalkeepers are amazing. So any of them behind me, like I feel great. Um, but 80 brings like this another level of presence that I think you really forget about when she's not behind you. Um, not going to lie, there's days where I'm like scared when she's behind me. And if I mess up in 5v5, like she's going to have me like <laughs> there are days where I'm like, OK, AD, you are going to get into me if I don't block every shot. So like she really is just so passionate and it really makes you feel like you can't do wrong in front of her. And it's a good thing because like we really shouldn't be doing wrong in front of her. So to have her behind you, like bossing us around like I like to be bossed around like you tell me where you need me to be if I'm not doing something right tell me like so I can fix it um so having her big of a presence I think it's been missed because she really like she controls us she tells us what she wants because she can see everything so it really helps us because she'll be like Kelly like you had more time there like you could have gone there and I'm thinking oh no I didn't have time so I think just she's so confident in herself and her abilities and she's so confident in us that it really is like a good partnership. Right. 
And just in terms of the back line, you know, Natalie Quica is a new introduction to this team. She also played yeah. a lot of minutes, like also bounced around on that back line yeah. quite a bit, right? Like, yeah. you know, there's also the split of national team players are gone for the first couple of games. So the the starting 11 is looking pretty different between games one and two yes. and then three <laughs> and four. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, you know, what changes when Becky Sauerbrunn steps back in as a center back? How does that shift the back line? Um... Honestly, I think everything was pretty smooth. A big thing for us as a backline is communication, just because there's time when I was never playing next to Natu because she was on right back and I was playing left center back. So at first I was like, okay, like I haven't been playing next to hers. We don't really have a relationship yet, but we were like, let's just over communicate because if we're not communicating, then that's when there's going to be issues of people running through us. So I think it's been pretty smooth bringing in different people and shifting people around because we are so clear with our communication and we have like a really close knit, obviously our whole team's close, but our defensive group is really close and we watch a lot of film together and we can have really honest conversations like helping each other, but giving criticism to each other. And I think the trust we have goes a long way in that too. Right. Just in terms of, you know, this is something that you had mentioned even of, of, Challenge Cup can kind of let this team set the standard for 2021. Mm -hmm. There's also four trophies on the line Mm -hmm. for Portland this year, thanks to your involvement in the WICC tournament this summer in August. What what does four trophies change, if anything? Does it change anything? Like what the expectations for this team, I think, have always been like when, when or else, right? Like yeah. that's, that's kind of like what the Portland motto is, but does yeah. something change of, you know, challenge cup final was at home. You know that you're like, there is a chance to, to truly do something here where four trophies is not like a normal thing in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Um, we're all really excited. It doesn't really change much because we set goals this year and it's to win everything. So that's just like another cool thing that we can win and it would be in Portland. So I think it's a really unique opportunity for us. And I think we're really excited too, especially in that tournament, we're getting to play teams we've never played before. So I think that's what we're really excited about is to like, how does our play go up against like some of the best teams in Europe? And we want to like prove a point and we want to show like who we are. Um, so I think it's really cool that we have the opportunity to win four. I know we want to win them all. So like our goal was win everything. So (laughs) we're going to strive to do that. And I think if we can continue to play the way we are, like we should be able to win everything. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah. And part of this, too, is there's been a lot of discussion kind of around the NWSL. You know, there's a lot of talk from other teams of we want to be the the villains. We want to be feared. We want to be respected. Right? Yeah. I do think traditionally this has been Portland's yes. <laughs> bread and butter, right? Yeah. But it's not necessarily a bad thing for like NWSL narratives, but just in terms of, do you feel like there's really any threat to this in terms of like Portland's identity of like the team right at the moment? Yeah. Well, I think 
like I know years past, like we've talked about this as a team, like Portland was so feared like years ago. And then I think it kind of went like a little bit down and now we're back like to the top and we're like, we want teams to be afraid to play us because of our pressure, because of our threats, because of like how good we are defensively. And I don't think it's negative. I think it's really positive in a way that we are, we want to be the best and we want to show everyone the best. And like, you should be scared to play us because of the pressure we put on other teams. Like you don't see that in every game of soccer. Like I'll be watching MLS games and I'm like, wow, they literally have no pressure, (laughs) but I think it's just (laughs) way different. Like what we can do is really unique. And like, I don't necessarily think it's bad to be like, it's not like a bad villain. It's just like, you should be scared to play us in a way. Right. And also I think scared to play at Providence Park because Providence yes. Park also <laughs> does have, it's kind of interesting because, you know, like I've interviewed Marta and I say, what's your favorite place to play in NWSL that isn't at home? And she goes Providence Park, like yeah. instantly, <laughs> right? Like yeah. there's something about where it's both, the expectations are obviously different, but every game for every team on the road feels different at Providence Park. Yeah, especially like our fans. And like, even though we have what, 15%, like the final was so loud. Someone's like, tell Natu this. I'm like, she's not going to hear me. She's (laughs) all the way over there. So um, just like the energy they bring and like how loud they are, even at 15%, like you would think we're at full capacity. That's how loud they are. And I'm thinking, dang, like we really used to get 20,000, like That is crazy because you forget after having a year of no fans and having now 15%, you forget what it's like to have a full stadium. And I think that is huge for us because even though we're at like a lower percentage, like you still feel like our whole stadium is filled. Right. Just in terms of, I mean, and also Providence Park with all the work that's done in, right? Like the stadium is also bigger, right? The capacity got bigger. And I was at the game where the new attendance record was set. Yeah. For NWSL. And I just remember thinking, like, this is so many people. (laughs) So many. Like, Like, and now it's all so fun. Like, I'm thinking about, like, that's so many people. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I look back on pictures or, like, videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's a sea of red. And you're like, that's just insane. And you forget, like, I forget, like, how many people there were. Like, this past weekend, I'm like, oh, this feels like a lot. And it's really, what, 5,000? That's not a lot. Did, like, was it really an adjustment, though, in terms of, obviously, when you're in the bubble, like, in Utah, I feel like there were, at best, like, what, 50 people in the stands, right? And, like, yeah. the camera crews or whatever. Like, yeah. other teams might have might have come in to watch a game, but, yeah. you know, obviously, there's the bubble environment. Everything is very locked down. But to actually, like, go back into Providence Park with, you know, roughly 5,000 people or what, whatever the capacity was, like, what is that like when you're actually coming back and being like oh yeah people (laughs) it was like the best feeling ever like we were so pumped we're like we can't wait to have fans and like just walking out and like hearing everyone scream like it's just something you can't even explain to people because like you just have to be there like you have to experience it and like going from no fans I think being in Utah it was easier to be there and have no fans just because you're so used you're not used to playing there it was a field we've never played on so Mm -hmm. it was okay but to come back for the fall series and not have fans in Providence Park, it was weird. And so to finally have people back and like not hear the echoes of us kicking the ball, like it's, it actually changes <laughs> yeah. so much of our energy and like 
P, like hearing PTFC like on a corner kick and like the past game they had the drum like the whole game so it was like way louder the whole game like it's just you feel off that energy so it's really special I think um yeah and it's like the best feeling honestly yeah, yeah. all right let's talk about the challenge cup final a little bit because obviously you know Portland had clinched pretty like, <laughs> yeah. well ahead of everyone else, right? Yeah. So in terms of when you're waiting to find out who the opponent is, and it also took until, you know, basically the final day of the East to figure out who mm-hmm. it is, are you watching the other teams and going like, okay, well, you know, North Carolina we know pretty well, right? Yeah. But <laughs> just in terms of what is it like waiting to find out who your opponent is in a final? Um, I think we were honestly just excited to play anybody different than we've been playing since fall series. So we were like, literally anybody, please. But I think we really wanted to play Gotham because we hadn't played them in over a year. And like last year in Challenge Cup, they did pretty well. And like, they're doing pretty well this year. So we're like, oh, this could be like a good matchup. Um, we played North Carolina so many times. Um, but I think we were really excited of it the chance of it being Gotham um, just because we hadn't played them in so long, but we just wanted to play a new opponent. We've been playing the same teams <laughs> for so long that we were like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Like we are a lot of the games we are on away trips. So we got to watch as like a team at dinner. And so that was pretty fun, but I think we were just excited to play someone new and Gotham also likes to play around, like play with the ball like we do. So we thought it would be like a really good matchup. Yeah. And then in terms of, you know, Sync coming out and kind of immediately starting that game off with, let's talk about Christine Sinclair, actually, for a minute. I I just, you know, it was funny when I was reaching out to the team and saying like, okay, someone for the podcast, you know, obviously would the team win? I was like, you know, I will, I will drop the name Christine Sinclair fully knowing that the answer is going to be no. I know. Sinky's so great. (laughs) You know what? She's so cute. Like we'll have a recovery day and we'll be like sitting watching like the people who didn't play like major minutes they'll be doing like possession and she's over there like doing her shooting and dribbling drills and I'm just like she is literally the cutest human ever like you would think she is 18 years old by the amount of extra work she's doing and she's just so great in the locker room like just amazing overall yeah I I have a question for you about the locker room because the one time I was there for this is the joy of New York City here. Um, <laughs> the one time I was there for the championship and like I went in to do a whole bunch of photos of the locker room and there was this this Canada pillow that was on one of the sofas in the mm-hmm. locker room. Is that still there? Um, it's somewhere probably. <laughs> I think there's so much stuff that's been moved around, especially with the celebration. Like they were covering everything. I think it's in our meeting room actually. Okay, so it's been upgraded even. Yeah, we have a couch in the meeting room too, like where our ping pong table is and everything. So yes, we do have a lot of (laughs) sinky stuff. We one year we got like little patches of like her when she broke like the scoring record, like some fan or somebody made patches and sent them to the locker room and we were all like, yes (laughs) (laughs) like sinky patches. Just in terms of her goal in the Challenge Cup final, like, what does that do for the team when, like, that's kind of the first major event of the game is Sinclair picking someone's pocket and Mm -hmm. then being allowed to score that goal? Honestly, it gets us going because when Sinky is, like, in that mindset of, like, I'm going to steal every ball, I'm going to shoot every ball, we're all like, let's go. The best is when she, like, tackles somebody, like, slides 
and gets the ball and we're all like, all right, like if Stinky's going, we're all going. So I think it was, it really fires us up, like all of us up and it really just like lighted another fire under us. Like, I think we already came out of the gates like really hot. And I think that just lighted another fire under us to like keep going and like to see her passion. It like just makes you want to have even more passion. Right. Then the game, you know, basically Gotham survives through the rest of the first half, right? Like that's yeah. really, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm tweeting like they are hanging on for dear life at this point to get to yeah. the locker room 1-0, which happens. And then Carly Lloyd steps up and and floats that header in basically. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes kind of this tale of two halves, right? Like, which is kind of yep. a soccer cliche, but you know, it's like all yes. Portland and then Gotham gets the goal and the game changes pretty considerably. Yeah. So how do you handle when that momentum shift happens? Um, yeah, that was tough because in the game, I felt the momentum shift and we're like, I'm like, okay, how do we figure out how to like get out of this? They like had a bunch of corners. Um, and I think we all just like looked at each other and we're all like, guys, like we got this, like we can't let them back in this game. Um, Cause I think a lot of our passing then was getting a little not like us. So I think we just needed to regroup and we needed like another shift for us to be on the front foot. Um, And I think at the end we had so many opportunities that we could have finished like our second half. Like we had, I think more opportunities than the first half, like it was crazy, but the momentum shift was definitely hard um, because I could feel it. And I was like, Oh no, no, like this cannot happen. (laughs) But I think it was like a corner kick and we're all like, guys, like we got this, let's go. And then Sinky had that other shot and I legit started celebrating because I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I think just knowing like how much work we've put in this and like how much of a team we've wanted this win to like prove to ourselves that the work we're doing is, you know, really good work. Um, I think we just needed to come together as a team and show how close we are as a team and push through. Right. And so when Ifeoma Anamanu sends that header wide in stoppage time, I will tell you, I screamed so loudly at that point in the game that my dog went off the bed and was just like, goodbye forever. I don't know what's happening, but she's dying. (laughs) Oh my God. I looked back and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, how did this happen? I was so scared. I watched the ball go over me and I was like, no but like I couldn't get there obviously and so I'm like so helpless yeah. but yeah I love Efi and I felt so bad for her but I was like yes when she missed <laughs> so like oh my gosh that because that would have been like game over so right. I mean yeah I'm really good friends with Efi so like as a friend I'm like oh Efi like I'm so sorry but I was like we gotta win this so I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then penalties, right? No stop like no no 30 minutes of of extra we're yeah. straight to penalties. What is the mental process of that because also this is not a common occurrence. Penalty kicks are not mm-hmm. a common occurrence in mm-hmm. Providence Park. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to throw Allie Wagner under the bus, but she was on the broadcast being like, you know, I watch Portland practice PKs there. and Mm, not so great, right? So everyone is kind of like set up for this <laughs> mental process of like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah, they weren't great or our goalkeepers were extra great. I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think 
once the game ended, we immediately were like, we all looked at each other. We're like, guys, focus. We've got this. Um, yeah, like Sinky really took charge then was like, guys, like, come on, let's go. Um, so I think we had a lot of confidence um, for them. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think we just, yeah, we just refocused as a team because we were like, we're not losing this game. We are going to win in PKs. We need everybody to be focused. Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah. we just looked up and down each other and we, like, got in this, like, you could tell when people were, like, in their heads, like, we got this, like, we're going to win this. So, right. Um, I think it was pretty great for everyone who stepped up and, like, were able to finish their chances. Yeah. I mean, even the penalty kicks were kind of their own short story of drama, right? Because you have Kling step up, hit the crossbar. Oh, my gosh, Yeah. Right. And then, but then you immediately have Cujo step up for Gotham FC and hit the crossbar. So it was just this very like weird back and forth. Can you remember what happened when, when AD French made her save? Like what went through We all were screaming because we thought we won at first. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, oh wait, 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 one second, wait, one second. So we all had to like regroup and we're like, okay, Morgan, take a deep breath. Like take your time refocus because like that is a huge moment especially when you go second and like you then have to finish it um because I think a lot of us had that anxiety of okay we're second so when they kept making it we're like shit we have to keep (laughs) making it so um yeah it was great of Morgan because that was a ton of pressure for her but when 80 saved it like we were all freaking out because she was saving so many the day before that we're like okay, she was so good yesterday. Like, we know she's going to save one. We were, like, just waiting. Which one is it going to be? Which one is it going to be? Because she has this huge presence in the goal, and she's so great. Um, So, yeah, it was crazy because we were just screaming and jumping, and we are like, okay, calm down. Morgan has to go. So (laughs) what is it like for Morgan to go from that, like, super high of AD making the save to then knowing, like, okay, I have to make that long walk to the penalty spot? Yes. And like all eyes were on her. Um, and she did a great job. She was just like kind of decompressed for a second, like calmed down and like, she did amazing. Cause that was a ton of pressure. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then let's, let's spend a minute in the locker room just in terms of obviously the cup was actually a cup, right? Yeah. <laughs> we know, <laughs> no beverages were consumed yes. out of the cup, but just in terms of you know, this is a team that is, again, expected to win things. Mm-hmm. So in terms of a celebration, right? Like, you, I guess I guess the question is, like, how do you celebrate this in terms of knowing, like, okay, literally a week later, we're going to be starting the regular season? <laughs> um, also, the fact that it was only, like, 1 p.m. when we got yeah, the Yeah, that's fair, all, too. Like, what time is it? Um... Yeah, I think it was, like, really – we had a great time, and I think that was, like, a long overdue, like, celebration for us after, like, a long preseason, preseason tournament just for all of us to, like, you know, kind of celebrate how far we've come and the hard work we've done. So it was honestly just us having a great time together, and we got to have, like, that day celebrate, that night to celebrate, and then we had, like, two off days to kind of, like, reset and – as much as like you want to like se- keep celebrating, like Houston got to like celebrate for like a week after or like a yeah. month. They probably took a month, <laughs> but um, obviously we can't do that. But um, yeah, coming in this week, you could still see that a lot of us were still like somewhat mentally and physically tired. So 
you know, just being able to like reset and, you know, now focus on season as much as we want to keep celebrating, like that's only like a small portion of what we want to accomplish this year. So, um, yeah, we got to celebrate, we had fun. And I think having the earlier game was nice because we did get to celebrate right after in the locker room and then people could go home, eat, and then we could go do something later. Um, and honestly, I was in bed by 9.30. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to go to bed. I am so tired. <laughs> so um, I got a great night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was in bed by 9.30, like sleeping. So um, yeah, I think it was pretty special for us as a team and to be able to celebrate in our locker room. Like we've never really gotten that before. So that was special too. Yeah. All right. Now, how do you start thinking about there's a 24 game regular season? Like this is the, this, you know, obviously no regular season last year. It's been like these three kind of standalone things. And now we are like, I'm even trying to wrap my head around like, oh God, I have a 24 (laughs) game regular season to cover. Yeah. I, I think it's so weird because you forget, like, even just this challenge cup, we've traveled twice and we're like being so dramatic. Like we're so tired, like from traveling. And I'm like, it's only been two games. We're all being so dramatic. Um, I think it's just weird because last year we didn't have this. We flew, we flew home. And then the only time we traveled was for Utah and then the other ones were driving. So Mm -hmm. we really didn't have to do this last year. And so you forget how taxing it is flying and a lot of games are on the East coast for us. So yeah, it's going to be very different than last year. We need to like relearn how to do the whole travel, like snack wise, like food wise, like what we eat when we're on the road. I think it's just, we're all relearning like what we used to do. Like I forget like what it feels like to travel, play a game, travel back or stay on the East coast for two games. Cause we will do that sometimes. So it's going to be a long season. Um, but I think we have each other to like push each other and be there for each other. So yeah, it's going to be crazy, but it's fun. So, <laughs> but the goal is win everything, right? That's so we're going to win everything. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that is a perfect place for us to end. I wish you all the best in the regular season. It is, Thank it is you. hard to think that only a couple of days away at this point. I know it's weird, especially after just winning. I'm like, wait, we don't get a week or something, (laughs) but no, we're excited. All right. Well, thank you, Kelly, for the time. I super appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to Kelly for her time. Make sure you tune in to the regular season starting this weekend in the NWSL. The Thorns actually kick off on Sunday, opening up their regular season at home against the Chicago Red Stars at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Now, usually I have one more thing, but honestly, this week is just completely bananas. So I've I've got nothing. I'm just trying to make it through the day. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. As always, the home for the show is at fulltimepod.com, where you can find links to all of the major podcast platforms. If you're enjoying the show, as always, a reminder that ratings and reviews do make a difference on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate them all. My name is Meg Linehan, and you've been listening to Full Time with Meg Linehan. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Meg Linehan and my work at The Athletic. 
full-time does not exist without the work and support of senior podcast producer michael zimmerman from the athletic i'm meg Linehan, and thank you for listening mm-hmm.